Summer driving is here, and so are the red-hot deals on the best tire brands at Dobbs. Money saver June deals on new sets of Goodyear, Cooper, Continental, Michelin, and Pirelli tires. Click on GoToDobbs.com to find your next set of tires today. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker with you. And the Cardinals are celebrating the 10th anniversary of the 2011 World Championship this weekend. The hitting coach for those 2011 Cardinals, the ring he got with the Cardinals, Mark McGuire, joins yeah. us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Mark, it's always good to have you with us. Thanks for your time today. How are you doing? Uh, it's great. It's great being with you too again. Thank you very much for asking me. Well, let, let's start with this because I think because of the fact that the Cardinals had to come back in that year, we kind of forget that in the first half of that season, your club was pretty darn good. Uh, yeah, they were, but we had a lot of, I mean, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of parallel with what the Cardinals are doing this year. You know, they don't really have a closer. Do they have a closer? They had a closer. Reyes was hot for a while earlier in the season. You know, we, you know, the end of the year, Franklin was our closer. Then we went to Salas. And, and then, you know, Tony wouldn't commit to Jason Mott being the closer even in the World Series. And and who was on the mound to throw the last pitch of the World Series to winning it was Jason Mott. So, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot of parallels with how the, how the season is going with the Cardinals this year and what happened in, in 2011. So um, hopefully good things will happen for them. Well, Mark, whenever we think about that team, I think most people in St. Louis, they immediately jump to David Freeze, the postseason hero. But yeah. before he was the postseason hero, he went through a bit of a rough, a rough stretch. And as legend has it, you told him, uh, Tony LaRusa, <laughs> stick with him. I see something in him. What did you see in David Freeze that led you to vouch for him, to advocate for him, for Tony LaRusa to stick uh, with him? I. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, it's probably like, you know, trying to talk to him about like having a son, you know, it's like, you know, his is, you know, he, you know, he, he had a rough road getting to the big leagues and you knew that he could, he could deal with pretty much anything. And to me, it was just, his timing was a little bit off. You know, we used to talk about the, the strength of the bottom hand. Um, and then the strength of the bottom hand has to match that front foot planting. And that front foot has to be down, you know, and, um, and, it, and it was in, I, gosh, it was right towards the end last, uh, you know, week, two weeks of the season. He started, he started clicking. He started getting it. 
then he'd lose it, and then he got it, and then he just wrote it out. You know, and that's the exciting thing about baseball. It's, um, you know, you can look so bad for 15, 25 at bat, and it can just take one little little swing and miss or a foul ball or something, and you get that feeling. And um, baseball is about feeling. It's about just reaction to some feeling of somebody throwing a baseball to you, sit, picking up the seams, and then all of a sudden it just clicks, and he just ran with it. Um, it was just sort of like what we did as a team. You know, we're struggling. We're so far out towards the end of the season. And we have, I don't know, three weeks left. We have, we're nine games out, something like that. And, uh, you know, I remember we all meet as the coaching staff uh, uh, about a week prior to the end of the season to do all our stuff because at the end of the season we were done going, we were finishing up in uh, Houston. So we can all just take off and leave from Houston. And then uh, we ran the table, you know. And I've always said that, you know, the, the hottest teams at the end of the season usually run the table. It's just something clicks. And it, and it goes parallel to what happened with David. And, and man, we rode him out. And I just, I, I mean, Again, it's just the love of like he was your son. So uh, that's 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 one of those things. That you just the intuition, uh, what the eyes see. That's one of those things that uh, the analytical people can't see. You can't turn the game. It's like or throughout the season when you're a coach and you see that, and people are like, "Why are you staying with it? What's going on?" You see it. It's going to happen. All it is is one swing. Hey, Mark, so many things come out after a team wins a championship, and especially with a story like this. And one of the stories that I love is that Chris Carpenter had players over to his house in early September, and I think the team was 10 games out. And he said, hey, let's just not embarrass ourselves. We've got great fans. Let's make sure that we give them the best that we have to offer. Was the coaching staff, A, aware of that meeting? And do you think that it did make a big difference. I that's the first time I've heard of that. Oh. <laughs> well, that must be one. I must have been one hell of a party. <laughs> it, turned, it turned it around. So um, yeah, I mean it's. I mean that's what that's what baseball's about. It's about family. It's a, it's about you know nowadays it, it could be up to fifty guys <laughs> being a part of the team to win a championship. You know back then we had a lot too, and just. You know, 40 guys, and um, I mean, just the moves that Tony had to make and the trade that that they that they pulled off at the. I mean, it was the trade. It was like August, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, right was the deadline. Trade? It was, yeah, the trade for Carl and Jackson and uh, Terry, uh Ryan, and and it's like, oh my gosh! And then all of a sudden, things just clicked. I mean, it's just like, man, I, 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 it's it's just one of those things you can't really. It just happens. It just happens. And, um, you know, um, you know, they just, I mean, that party must have done something because I'll tell you what, it, it worked. Yeah, it certainly did, Mark. And, you know, once that confetti falls, all of the missteps along the way, all the bad memories seem to wash away, especially when you have a great dramatic game like Game 6. That's what everyone's always going to remember. But when right. I look back on that, I remember Game 5, the bullpen game, the bullpen phone game, where, oh. the, <laughs> where the Rangers end up winning oh. that game 4-2. They take a 3-2 lead heading right. into that fateful Game 6. But tell me right. what was going on in the dugout when Tony La Russa thinks that he's – 
getting Jason Mott, and then Mark Zipchinski yeah. shows up. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's uh, I, I don't. You know, to this day, I've never heard what really happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm just this is my speculation of what. Uh, you know, it happens all the time. I heard Tony all the time call somebody's name hitting at the plate, and it's not that person hitting at the plate. So I don't know what happened there, Tony, but it's, uh, you know, he'd probably call the phone and ask for somebody. He didn't even realize he was asking for somebody else. And, um, you know, that was sort of a debacle. But, I mean, we uh, we overcame that, didn't we? Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, uh, with game six, because, you know, going back to, St. Louis being down three to two and, you know, and then, you know, going into the ninth inning down by two. And, you know, I mean, just the, what happened is just like, I mean, it's just unbelievable to think that I remember Tony, like in the dugout when we're in there and he, he was walking up down the dugout and he was basically telling, telling guys, you know, Hey, after the game, I want you guys to stay in the dugout. I don't want anybody going to clubhouse. I want you to stay in the dugout and, I want you to thank the fans for everything. And so it was one of those things where, you know, shit, it's, you know, Texas is running with this thing and, you know, they got their closer and police out there and, and, um, you know, just figured that, you know, things were done. And, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over until the fat lady thinks, right. It's like, that's what they always say. So it's like, um, I, I, it was just incredible, totally incredible. I, I can't, I mean, I don't think I've ever been that nervous in a uniform my whole life. Um, and I was coaching. <laughs> so it's like I had, I had nothing to do. I was like, my part was over once the game started. It was just basically just watching and try to just be, for, be there for the guys. The guys were so into the game. But it's just like, you know, as a player, I mean, there's enough stress as a player. But I didn't feel like, as a coach, I felt more stress than I ever did as a player. Um but man, it was what a what a fantastic, fantastic series. Hey, Mark, you preach to your hitters the importance of the mental aspect and of mental toughness. When you are down to the final strike, and if you don't do something, your team's <clears throat> going to lose the World Series. That's major mental toughness. When when guys like Freeze and Berkman step up, a strike away from losing the World Series. Well, I was lucky enough to to work with those guys that were really really good at two strike hitting and really really good at putting the ball in play you know that's sort of gone away from the game um you know in 10 years unfortunately um but it's like you, you have to battle i mean it's your life and you, you work so hard to get here and again it's like you just don't know until the last out is made what can happen you know, an error here, you know, block or whatever it may be, put a guy in scoring position. But listen, you're you're down by two strikes, you widen out your zone, you just widen it out from where your hot zone is, and you just you're at the mercy of the pitcher. And and you just your eyes are just the focus is just even more focused. Put the ball in play. Um and you saw what happened when you put the ball in play. You know, some of those hits were big hits. I mean, they were little bloopers, but they're bloopers by putting the ball in play. Um, you know, they're trying to throw a strike barely off the plate. They're not trying to throw one over in the other batter's box. And it's just like, you know that when you're up there and you have that mentality of putting the ball in play, 
but not, again, not giving anything up. I'm not talking about just going up there and just like just slapping at it. I'm talking about you putting the ball in play uh, with with as much velocity as you can get from that bat. So, um, and, and I just had a great, great group of guys that can do that. Such professional hitters. That's Mark McGuire. More with the former Cardinal hitting coach talking about the 2011 World Champs after this on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. McGuire joining Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. I'm Randy Carriker, and here's Michelle. Mark, you mentioned you were never so nervous in a uniform during Game 6, and I think after Game 6, everyone in St. Louis thought that Game 7 was inevitable, that the Cardinals were going to win the World Series. There was no way that you guys could lose. What was the feeling like in the clubhouse as you entered Game 7? You know, I, I think it was one of those things that it was. It was like, wow, this is meant to be. You know, it, it was like, this is this is a really good thing. This is one of the things you dream about. This is one of the things that you, you know, it's just like um, you sit back and you go, gosh, it, it, is it is it our year? I mean, I mean, look how like I mean, we struggled. I mean, we, we like you said, we we got off good. We struggled for basically the rest of the year until the last three weeks of the season. Um, and then everybody forgot about all what happened throughout the season. It's like, it, it's just, you know, it's just that we just knew we were going to do it. We just knew we were going to do it. Um, there was nothing, uh, I, you can just see it in their eyes. Um, we, we, you know, the thing is, is like, I mean, there's so many little things that happened. You know, I, I look back and I'm like, going, okay, so, you know, games, why did they take Feliz up? You know, why, why did Feliz come out? Why did Feliz go back out there? You got Darren Oliver go back out there? And then we pitch hit two lefties against Darren Oliver? And then Kyle Loesch? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. It's like, <laughs> really? It's like, okay, and, and we, we got through that, right? I mean, it's like, that just doesn't happen. Um, I mean, that was that's incredible. I, I You know, and then... Uh, Nelly Cruz, you know, didn't obviously wasn't playing where he should have been playing, you know, and and freeze hits the triple off the wall um, at, on a ball that you think, my, you know, again, David is one of the strongest human beings I've ever been around, <clears throat> you know, and it's not like he killed it, but he hit it good enough to like, wow, okay, maybe something could happen here, but you know, Nelly Cruz is, you know, I mean, he's a full-on Hall of Famer as a DH, and he was out there in right field. That benefited us. And he, was, he wasn't playing in the right position where he should have been playing, and thank you for that. So, I mean, a lot of things had to go right, but, I mean, you just think back about all these little things that, that happened. I, I go back to, like, game five against Philadelphia and Chris Carpenter. That was, like, just a masterful game being pitched. And probably, to me, it's probably one of the best at-bats I've ever seen um, Skippy Schumacher, you know, in the first inning, you know, battle with Halliday, you know, it seemed like it was a 20 pitch of bat. Just kept fouling balls off, fouling balls off, fouling balls off. Knocks in the first run. Then we win one nothing in the first inning. And, it, you know, you just you start putting all these things together, and, and it's like now you get to reminisce 10 years later, and it's like, 
it, it, it was so weird how that season, it wasn't how you, you would ever draw it up to win a World Series. But it was a year that you would sit down and go, that was a year meant to be. And how remarkable is it, Mark, that when that team gathers at Bush Stadium this weekend, that Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina are still in uniform for the Cardinals? <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. And they're going to play some more, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Uh, bless them. I, I, you know, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I watched Adam throw last week against the Dodgers, and I was like, it's unbelievable what, how he is just getting them off off stride, and, and and he's having such a terrific year. I mean, obviously, it helps to have Yachty. You know, that's a cabin four managers behind home plate back there. You know, it's just like you don't need a coaching staff when Yachty's there. It's like, here, go out and just go out and play. Let Yachty run it. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see those two uh, still playing and and hopefully playing for what well, it sounds like they are. yeah they are that's right yeah they're both coming back they both uh, signed extensions or, or agreed to extensions so yeah yeah and then there's a rumor of Albert maybe going there next year when the DH comes in after the agreement so that would even mean wouldn't that be something that would be amazing so. <laughs> yeah. and to uh, mark a kind of a two-parter here did you sense or know during that 2011 run that Tony was going to retire and are, were you at all surprised because nobody we talked to that knows Tony well is surprised that he came back were you Coming, came, coming back. I, 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 maybe I was surprised, like about, about like maybe ten percent. Um, I, it's just like, I mean, like baseball is in your blood. I mean, it's in my blood. I mean, uh, I mean, I miss the game, and you know the, you know, when Tony had been working for Boston. You know, he, you know, when he retired, he, he, he went to Detroit and hung out with Dombrowski and for a little bit. And then, you know, he hung out with the White Sox for a little bit. And then, then he went and worked for Boston. And then, um, and then he, uh, obviously worked for the Angels. You know, he was never out of the game. And, and, you know, people are saying like, oh, no, he's, he's, you know, he's old. He's 70 some odd years old. And, you know he's he's he can't relate to these young players today, and you know I'm like, wait a minute, he's been up in that that you know nice plush box up in the stadium managing for yeah. <laughs> the last last nine or ten years. So it's like he hasn't missed it. He hasn't missed a beat. Yeah, I mean, sure he's messed up. Every time he's messed up, the, the media's you know hammered him for it. But who hasn't messed up? Everybody's gonna mess up being a man. It doesn't matter if you're. 75 years old, it doesn't matter if you're 35 years old, you're going to screw up. And it just, you know, nobody can outmanage him. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the funny thing about it. I just sort of, it's just, you know, he gets the best out of what he has. I mean, yes, he has an unbelievable team over there in Chicago, but look at what he was dealt with right away. He had such a major, major injuries. The, the pitching staff, he had some solid starting pitching, but he's had injuries to that. The bullpen's been in sort of disarray a little bit. They've they've blown a bunch of saves, and they're you know they're they're there right there with one of the best records in the game of baseball. And so yes, he has talent, but he's also had a lot of talent on the IL for a long period of time. Right. And he's done a masterful job. Hey, Mark, we know how much you love 
St. Louis and how much you loved your time here. Because of that, and you didn't get to win a ring as a player in St. Louis, how much does that ring as a member of the Cardinal organization? How much does that mean to you? everything it's, it's it's awesome first i mean it's a, what a uh, i mean yeah i mean i'm just yeah i i that's one thing i i, um, I did an interview last week with la radio station we talked about albert coming back to st louis and that was one of the things that you know if there's anything i do regret it's you know not i mean i knew albert it was obvious he was going to be such a great player and first ballot hall of famer and you know but you know when i'm at the end of my career and i'm sitting there thinking about gosh you know do i want to keep on going through this stuff or do you want to uh, do i want to you know just walk away from the game and man i chose walking away from the game i mean i could have definitely played another five or six years yeah, the thing is, is i look back now and i'm like damn i mean how great would it have been to play with him Instead of my last, instead of my last year for one year, and you know, I only play. I played with him basically on one leg, so you know, my my, my leg wasn't well. I still played on it, but you know, that's that's the thing. It's like I wish I had. An, I I know I probably would have had a definite opportunity to get to the World Series, um, you know, as a player, but. You know, Nolan Tony and him trying to get me back in the game, and I'm so thankful he did, and and um, and the Cardinals um, to bring me back, and Mo and the Dewitts and everybody there, and you know, have an opportunity and and wearing that ring, and um, you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah, I do wish it was as a player, but. <laughs> You know, um, it, very few people in this world today can say they're World Series champions. And I can say I'm a World Series champion as a player and as a coach. And uh, you were great at both. And hopefully we'll get to see you sometime again coaching baseball. You're working with the kids all the time, though. And I know that your kids are keep, keeping you busy. You won't be able to be in town yeah. this weekend. But Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate I won't be there this weekend. But it's like... Yeah, I, I got one more year, and then, I, and then one more year. My son Mason is going to be a senior. Um, you know, uh, my son Max is now at the uh, <laughs> University of Oklahoma, if you can believe that. So he's there playing baseball. So um, Boomer Sooner. So it's like here we go. It's like uh, you know, it's who would ever think. Uh, you know, a father from SC and having such a great career at SC to. And you get off to Oklahoma, but it's it's like it's incredible. He's having a great time. So and then my son Mason, who's uh, you know he's highly ranked pitcher in the country, and and um, you know hopefully um, the draft will come up. But he has he's committed to the University of Oklahoma too. So but um, yeah, it's it's totally exciting. This is yeah. So after this after this next year, I'm I'm free to pretty much go and travel and do all do all the stuff and um you know that's the thing i when i walked away from the game um from the padres leaving a another year left on the contract you know to be around my kid that's you know that's the thing it's like they come first and and um you know it's unfortunate some of these things have to be put to the side because you know something i missed as a as a player raising my son matt that i told myself that i wasn't going to miss when i had another family and and um, so I got to see the last four fantastic years of watching my boys grow up as baseball players. And 
as young teenagers and growing up into being young men. So, and then again, then I get the roles with the with the daughters too. So that's mm-hmm. busy, as, yeah. <laughs> busy as ever. But they're still eleven years old, so. I have a little bit more freedom to move around and do some things. Well, good for you. We're, we're glad you're doing that. We're going to miss you this weekend. But thanks for taking some time to reminisce about that 2011 team, Mark. It's always great to hear your voice. You're welcome, as always. And um, hopefully they have a re- really good uh, weekend against the Padres. And I think this is the, probably the biggest weekend uh, for the Cardinals this season. Um, to me, it's... Um, it's a, it's thinking that uh, I, I personally think they need to sweep and to have the confidence to, uh, to roll in as the, the wild card um, and really parallel to what we did in 2011. So, um, and uh, it'll be an exciting weekend in St. Louis. Sorry, I won't be there, but um, just uh, say hello to everybody and all the fans. And, um, and uh, I surely miss that place. That is Mark McGuire, Cardinal Hall of Famer, joining Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.